This is the Daily Roll Call Podcast, Talking Tennessee with Kathy Henners. Hey, welcome to the Daily Roll Call Podcast show. Um, with me today, I'm your host, Kathy Henners, by the way, and with me today is our producer, Bobby Curley. And, you know, it, it's been an interesting couple of months, you know, with the, the lead up uh, to last night's primaries. Um, you know, I think we have seen probably some of the dirtiest, uh, really disgraceful uh, campaigns uh, leading up to last night's primary. And I think one of the biggest upsets, uh, well, because he's a rhino, was Bill Haggerty for the uh, U.S. Senate here in Tennessee. And so I think um, we wanted to talk about some politics. We're going to hit on some COVID and and pretty much anything else my, Bobby and I decided to come up with. Um but what what was your reaction last night when you saw the big names, like the big rhinos, like Haggerty win? What, what are you thinking about how people are voting? Do we ever learn? Well, it was definitely interesting. And um, uh, Haggerty, you know, had a, a big machine behind him. Uh, obviously, kind of uh, the, the Trump endorsement was something that he ran with uh, uh, quite a bit. Uh, but also a lot of people, you know, wasn't as open, but there was the uh, Bill Haslam connection. And he was a, a lot of the Haslam machine behind him. There's a lot to that story. Uh, it's, uh, if people really knew um that you know the whole story of Haslam was basically going to be the pick to be that person, but but due to let's just say improprieties in his personal life, uh, he was not able to to even run for that office. It was one of those you you can't do this anymore. So they needed someone, and they picked Haggerty. So that that's basically we have an extension of Haslam, um, and I, I personally am, am not exactly thrilled with that. Uh, you know, we, we, we can't seem to get away. We say we want to get away from the rhino politics. We want to get away from, uh, you know, this kind of establishment, elitist kind of way. And yet, you know, you know, it's, again, it's all about the money. It, it, it's, it boils down to, it's not black or white. It's not, uh, you, you know, anything other than which one has the most money to throw at it. So, uh, and, and to your point, some of the, the campaigns were, were, you're definitely getting a little dicey, but the thing that bothered me the most, uh, even leading up to the results, were people. You know what was happening in social media. I mean, I know people uh, on various social media platforms. I've known them personally, and I've known them online for for years. In some cases, a decade or more, who have literally blocked and unfriended each other in just the past two months over this election. And I'm like, what is wrong with us and this is just a primary okay mm -hmm. the real battle is november and we got a lot of healing and apologies and some growing up to do pretty quick uh and that's just across the board i don't care if, if you were the victor or not uh, we mm -hmm. have a, a a bigger bigger piece in front of us so that that was for me the, the biggest disappointment was not so much the results of the elections it was you know, what came about and, and how divided uh, we, the conservative uh, side, I consider myself a conservative, um, uh, are. And uh, unfortunately, we're watching war happening in our streets from the left and uh, the rhino establishments uh, being complacent, doing nothing, sitting back, which is to me worse than 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 responding. And uh, yet, the real battle is not here yet. We, we have November. So that, that, that's, that's my, if I had to sum it up, that's my take on everything. Right. Well, that's kind of depressing when you think about, you know, November coming, we just got through one battle and, and now we're facing really a battle of what I think is our lifetime. I, I've never seen it this bad. 
Um, and I truly feel that our country, you know, the hands of our country are, are in, you know, two se- completely separate ideologies. And that really has me, me worried. You know, about last night's primary, I had an, an opportunity, a golden opportunity uh, to attend a watch party for, for Dr. Sethi. And of course, you know, I truly believe that he is a, a great man, he's compassionate. I think he would have been perfect for it. I'm very disappointed in, in a rhino. And, that, and that's exactly what Bill Haggerty is bringing to the table, the same old establishment politics, which is, you know, dangerous, but it's not healthy for Tennessee. And so that was a huge disappointment. But I totally agree with you regarding the just bitterness between people. And it, and I can't help but think that that's not part of this bigger agenda. You know, we're divided in, in race, we're divided under, you know, certain religions. And so we might as well divide each other under our political labels. And that's exactly what's happened. You know, I, I saw a lot of people that were pro one or the other. And if you were against their, um, their pick, then you were blocked or you were, you know, chastised or you were made fun of. And, you know, I, I did my fair share of blocking people because I got tired of the rhetoric and and it, it wasn't a clean, what I thought was a clean, you know, way to get to a primary, but they have succeeded in doing what I believe the left wants us to do. They keep planting these little seeds and we keep falling for it. And I think right now the Republican Party is completely torn. And it's going to be interesting to see how this all comes together in November. You know, the pick for U.S. Senate is is not who many people uh, were unhappy with. So who are they going to go for? You know, I mean, you have to almost go with the party uh, because we don't want to lose a seat in the Senate. But it's going to be interesting. I've seen on social media many people saying, they wouldn't vote for Haggerty. Well, you know what? There's a bad side of that too. I, I don't like him either, but we can't lose that Senate side. So yeah, it's really been unfortunate. And there's a lot of different races that I thought would end differently. Um, but you know, I posted yesterday, Bobby, when you continue to vote for crap, you're going to get crap, you know, and, and we just don't seem to learn that we can step outside the box you know, get uncomfortable and, and move away from the establishment. And until we do that, we're going to continue to see problems amongst, you know, our own party, which is sad. No, I totally agree. And this, this seat, too, the, the one thing you said there, which I think is very important when you mentioned the, the seed of the left and what they want to do. Um, I have, I'm a firm believer that Lamar Alexander, who has been representing Tennessee for way too long, is a tool of the left. Uh, he he has uh, been one of the key orchestrators uh, in what I would call the demise of the Department of Education. He has helped facilitate growing the Department of Education into an astronomical budget and uh, making it just this mosh pit of, of special interest lobby union. And sadly, in recent years, the outside uh, foreign influence uh, to, to like with Pearson Publishing uh, and their books and their control and buying every textbook on the planet and what we've seen in the manipulation in textbooks. I mean, my wife testified uh, for the, at the state level on textbooks and what she did. And We've had years where literally people were stalking my wife and my family because she testified about a concern on textbooks. And we have a state senator in so-called conservative state 
uh, Lamar Alexander, who has been one of the primary people benefiting from that. Um, I don't see anything different from Haggerty personally. I, I, I would love to be surprised, but knowing that Haslam is is the puppet master behind him, you know, I chose him uh, to to do his bidding, and of course Haslam's money and influence. Uh, I I I'm going to hope for something, and I agree with you. We we have to vote party. Unless somehow between now and the main election in November, a insane write-in or something comes up uh, to do it. Otherwise, all we're going to do is we're going to be walking uh, the Democrat, the leftist, into office. And we see what they're pushing during all this COVID. We're seeing what they're pushing with all of the so-called riots and everything that are happening in the country. Their agenda is clear. Uh, Some of these bills they're putting up uh, they are warning shots, you know, uh, giving complete immunity to prisoners who are illegal immigrants who came here illegally, who committed, you know, horrible, you know, felonious crimes. Uh, but they're going to be given citizenship. It's not going to hurt against them. They can still get. Why are they doing that? Why? Why would you even consider that? And they're doing it during a period where people aren't paying attention. And if given their way, you know, they'll pass that in the House. Give them control of the Senate. It'll get passed in the Senate, and that's where the real issue comes up in November, that if we aren't careful uh, the way this is being orchestrated, you lose the presidency to the likes of uh, Biden, who I don't know if he's even alive personally. I, there, I question if the man is alive. If they're just rolling videotape of the man. Uh, he will win, and then he will disappear quickly to put the real person they want in play, and they would do that. This These people would do that. Um, it, this country is in for a, a, a serious shock if something like that happens. And that sounds very conspiratist, but you know what? The reality is uh, these people are really hoping to do anything to trip us up. And we, we do have to unify behind the party now. We've got to lick our wounds and realize that we can go back and friend each other again and 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 be okay with social media. We have to vote party line like they do you know all the dead people who vote that way and everyone else who votes democrat we have to do a similar piece we have to vote party line uh in this election now and we got to get past this primary because it's it's it was very injurious to to tennessee it was the ugliest i've ever seen and the left knows this though the left thrives on you know when when i guess when you look at the rules for radical by saul alinsky they have followed that playbook to the t and they continue to do so and and as far as biden goes um you know i agree with you i think if he does make it to uh election day which i'm not sure he will you know he's kind of like ruth bader ginsburg you know you know that there's a picture of them somewhere and there's lips moving, but you're not really sure they're alive and well. But you're at the, you know, to me, there's no such thing as conspiracy anymore. Since we got rid of Obama, um, you know, everything is on the table. And, and that goes from Islamists infiltrating, you know, our government to to all the dirty tricks that they're pulling now with felons being able to vote. So to me, there is no conspiracies. You know, they may sound so far out there. Uh, but when you really look at it, it's not really all that far out there. So the thing that really disappoints me, though, about any of these elections is people fail to do their research. You know, it's easier for people just to look at a ballot and say, oh, that name sounds familiar or that person looked good on TV. I'm going to vote for them. And so I think where we have the advantage is we actually take the time 
to research a person. And, and it's sometimes you get down these rabbit holes and, and your wife, Susan, is a, is a perfect example of how to do that. You know, we start looking and then one thing takes you down to another. And that's where you start finding the unsavory part of these, you know, people who, who affiliates with them, who their organizations are and who they're funded by. And so many people overlook that. And that's huge. And, you know, all you heard about in this last one between Haggerty and Sethi was that Sethi donated to Act Blue. Well, he really didn't. He gave $50 to a friend, you know, to support whoever it was at the time. Um, it was a Democrat. But you have to look beyond that Democrat. And that's where they found the Act, the Act Blue connection for 50 bucks for crying out loud, you know, compared to some of the unsavory uh, investments and things that Haggerty has. So I think for other, you know, local elections, which I never realized, I never paid attention how important local elections are. You know, our school boards are another thing. You know, they're, and Susan can attest to that, school boards are one of the most important um, bodies of, of people that we have in our counties. And we need to pay attention to who those people are. We're getting some really liberal, far out, radical people that are controlling the curriculum. And when you talked about, you know, Pearson and Haslam before, you know, Haslam had started this thing called Achieve. And when you looked at who supported that, you know, you're talking the Bill Gates Foundation, um, you know, the Ford Foundation, all these people and foundations that are supporting groups like Black Lives Matter um, were involved in education. So, you know, until people realize and start paying attention to the candidate and their personal, get down into their personal and their affiliations, we're, we're going to continue to have rhinos. And it's really sad. Tennessee is a great state and we deserve to, to remain conservative. And, you know, I don't know that we're purple yet, but we certainly have the potential uh, to turn purple and then blue at some point. Really sad. No, it's very true. Um, uh, and uh, you, you see it playing out daily um, uh, and beyond elections. Um, uh, a, a case in point, um, uh, yesterday I saw in the news about Tennessee's no longer a hotspot for COVID, which sounds great. You know, we're kind of off the, the radar list and there's nothing, uh, you know, we're, we're improving, we're doing well. Uh, I think, at least for me, the real question is what is COVID? What's really going on? That seems to be the biggest question of it all. But now we have some official endorsement that says, Hey, you know, we're no longer this hot spot yet. Every business now is forcing the mask. Schools are forcing the mask. Those who are going back, my daughter's school is going back, which is great. And I think it's important for kids to be in school. Mm. Um, but, you know, here we are no longer a hot spot. All this stuff's happening. And then once again, uh, in Nashville, the, you know, the state capital, Mayor Cooper and his policies, well, it's really scary. And, you know, COVID has really pretty much taken over our lives since March. This has been a horrific year, I think. Um, but you're right about the masks. You know, most of the counties, I, I know mine and I don't believe yours, uh, we don't have mask mandates within the county, but certainly the businesses located within those counties are being ridiculous. You know, they all have the signs, masks required. Walmart is probably one of the worst. Um, but, you know, when you look at cities like Nashville and their business that, that, you know, just has to have tourism and has to, to be thriving in order to stay what it was a year ago, it was the it city. 
and now it's turning into the you know what city. <laughs> so, but what's interesting is is over the last few days, uh, Mayor John Cooper has decided that his law enforcement is going to enforce mask mandates. Now it's not a law, uh, but it is a mandate under public health, and and I'm finding that someone like Cooper, a, you know, a political elected official who didn't say he would defund the police, but he didn't say he wouldn't defund the police. He has never shown true support of law enforcement in Nashville. He has never really backed any of the leadership um, as far as even the chief who was fired yesterday. So now um, being kind of, I would call him anti-police, is now using those police to do basically his dirty work. And so to say now that the police are going to start making arrests and are start, you know, going to really uh, force in compliance with this, you know, where are we in this country that we're forcing people to wear something that many people either don't agree with or can't do? And so this is a really slippery slope. And what I found out, too, is the first arrest, which I thought was very interesting, um, was a 61-year-old black male who was homeless. And so now you've got the police who are being forced to, to make these arrests, made their first one who just turned out to be black. Now you have the black community riled up again, saying that it was pure racism, that they went out and found this guy who refused you know, to comply, but he just so happens to be black. And so now you've got another wedge in a community that police are trying to heal and, and it's really unfortunate, you know, because now now the trigger point is you look at all the young white college students or the young white tourists that are coming here in the bars that haven't been arrested. But I would like to point out that they haven't the police haven't had a chance to to do that part of the job yet. I'm sure this weekend is going to be a true test. So it isn't racist. It just so happened that they fell upon this guy who refused to comply, who refused to sign, the, to sign the citation and was then locked up. So it really has nothing to do with race, but I just don't think this is appropriate when police are trying to heal the relationships with their communities. And, and certainly now they're being used, they're the fall guy and they're the bad guy. And I think it's disgraceful. And as retired law enforcement, you know, I, I hope in every day I try to promote supporting the police. If we don't have the police, we're going to have utter chaos. And we're seeing that in cities. And, I, and I've often said, you know, if the police aren't safe, neither are you. So I think we we really need to start figuring out where our line's going to be uh, with this whole COVID thing. And it's great that we've been removed from the hotspot. Um, but really, I have so many questions about how they figure this stuff out. Well, that's been my whole thing from the beginning. You know, when it first came out, my, the way it was being promoted Early on, uh, the just the total fumble of communication between agency and agency and agency and media outlet uh, has almost I have to feel that someone was orchestrating that just to create confusion because in a state of confusion and chaos, you create fear and unknown and that creates panic. And that is a tool. 
uh, if it is used properly. And uh, you see it all the time. And it's one of those you mentioned um, the you know the Sololinsky. Well, it goes back to even further the uh, the naked communist uh, who talks about communism in the United States. You know, really during World War II with FDR's uh, administration and uh, you know coming out of World War II into the early 40s and early 50s. Uh, so much of of the tactics of how they spread and what they were trying to do in the United States, it's there. It's one of the rules. Here's one of the things they'll do: create fear, create uncertainty. And, and I agree. When when you have no police, when you take that side down, uh, then you do have chaos. You do see, you know, look what look at their chaz uh, in Seattle. Uh, you know, uh, all that beautiful graffiti they created and knocked out all the glass and all those windows. You know that that's very helpful. You know, take over a, a city that you're going to create as an independent area and destroy it. It's just like it, it's animals don't do that. Wild animals would not do that, and that's the the biggest I guess concern that I have. Is the mindset of these people? Uh, it it's just it's just frightening. And then again, here's you know Nashville Mayor Cooper. Uh, I, I don't know if it was orchestrated or not, but to know that it's one way or the other, the person arrested, whether they be you know black or not, that it was found out and it's promoted. It's mm-hmm. it's just one of those you know. It's like they created a photo op just to make it worse yet again uh, for something and weaponizing law enforcement. And I guess that's that's the whole agenda that I see at, through all of this, through the Black Lives Matter, uh, what they're doing in law enforcement is it is all about politicizing human life and elements of human life. And that is, uh, to me, it's just, it's evil. It's just absolutely evil. Uh, and look what it does to people. Look at the division it's created. And it is, I think, done with... You know, with, with the absolute intent, it's orchestrated uh, with intent uh, from the highest levels um, to to hurt America. It's really set to hurt. And that's why I go back to the importance of healing, coming together, and getting to truth, and being ready for November. We have got to be united as Americans who believe in the American principle and the idea of America, of a of a group of people who self govern. Uh, we are losing that. Rapidly, some would say we lost it a long time ago. This is just the, the, the kind of the after effect of it all. But we, we really need to get back to that idea uh, of what America is uh, in uh, November is absolutely critical. Absolutely, and, and I certainly hope that we can we can obtain that goal because uh, you know we are the greatest country in the world, and you know we do have a force that is trying to change that. And I think the people that are trying to change it really have no idea what it would be like to live in those conditions. You know, they've never been to a socialist country or to a communist country, even worse. And so, you know, we have this force. We have communists and Marxists and um, we have to win this, you know. But again, it's going to come down to what line uh, is in the sand that we're willing to stop at. And, and not go forward. And, you know, I certainly hope in our future that there isn't a revolution. I don't know. But, um, you know, if we keep on this this propaganda and this rhetoric of hate and divisiveness, you're right. We're, we're going to lose in the end. So it's it's been, you know, 20, 20 something minutes and you and I have solved the world's problems, or at least Tennessee's problems, I think. And, you know, uh, I think what I'd like to do um, coming up in another episode, I'd like to dive into a little bit more of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement 
and actually um, the Marxists, uh, the training centers that are here in Tennessee. So we'll have to talk about that at another time. Um, but certainly, you know, I, I'm glad the primary is over. It's time to move forward. And, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll do this again. I appreciate your input. And um, hopefully people hear different views and, and learn from different things. And that's what this is all about. So, again, this is a daily roll call podcast. Thank you to my producer, Bobby Curley, for such great input and information. And uh, until next time, we'll see you again. This is the Daily Roll Call Podcast, Talking Tennessee with Kathy Hibbs.